Welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm your host today. I'm a staff pastor here at the Manor House, uh, Rocky Butte campus in Northeast Portland. And uh, it's another exciting day to be with you. We are continuing our journey through the book called Unscripted by my good friend Mark Jones, who is a prayer pastor here at Manor House. And today we're going to jump into uh, the third reflection Uh, and it's first we talked about surrender and then we talked about celebrate and then today we're going to talk about uh, meditate the the value of meditation and what what exactly that even means and how it can work as a spiritual discipline to help us draw closer in our relationship with God and so without further ado I would like to uh, just jump into the conversation that I had with Mark and we are going to go there right now I'll catch you on the other side Going back to what we have done together, uh, way back, we, we did two episodes on the first 15, so I would like to remind people those episodes exist, and I will uh, mark those down in the show notes, so you can go ahead and access those if you'd like. And now we're in the middle of a little bit of a series of episodes that we're doing on uh, steps to intimacy with God, and uh, we started it with Uh, talking about the 40-day worship challenge and what it is and how you do it. We talked about, um, we we shared some personal testimony. We talked about needing tenacity, togetherness, because you just can't do it alone. And then we talked about a bunch of tools that help along in the process. And one of those tools for this process is actually your book, Unscripted. And in Unscripted, you lay out... uh, seven reflections essentially uh, that we're now we're we're referring to them as seven steps seven and it's not necessarily like uh, one two three four five six seven in order it's more guiding principles uh, and and tools to put in your tool belt to help you learn how do I get into this place of intimacy with God because that really is uh, what you know God God created man and put him in a garden and then came and hang out, hung out with him every day, you know, like came and walked with him in the cool of the day. Like, so it seems like if you go back to before sin entered the world, um, God just wanted to hang out. And, and then he said, you know, Hey, take care of this place, you know, build this place and do a good job. And, and so how much, sometimes I think we overcomplicate life, right? Like we, we got all these things weighing in on us and pressure and stress and we start feeling anxiety and fear and worry and depression and and God's just like, man, I just want to hang out with you and then I want you to take care of the area that I've given you. And so um, so we, we started out talking about the 40-day worship challenge and all of those factors. Step one in the steps to intimacy towards God, and I think this one is actually the one that I would put in a particular order. I would put it first all the time, and that is surrender. We talked about it being our biggest challenge and yet also our greatest opportunity. Uh, We talked about it being the doorway to intimacy, and we also talked about just the importance of it being in every day, one day at a time, like don't don't overwhelm yourself. Um, I, I like to think of it kind of like an addict, you know, like addicts get addicted to a particular thing and when you're trying to work your way out of an addiction the thing is is you've got to take it one day at a time you can't think i am going to be sober for the next 20 years 
you have to think I'm going to be sober for the next 24 hours <laughs> and start there. And, uh, and so I think that's kind of when you're, when you are a control addict and you're addicted to controlling your own life, when it comes to surrendering that to the Lord, you have to then for the next 24 hours, I'm surrendering control to the Lord for the next 24 hours. I'm surrendering whatever other thing I have given control of my life to. Um, and I'm giving it to you, Lord. And so uh, developing a surrender habit one day at a time. Uh, the next session, the last one that we just had, we talked about celebrate. Um, we talked about how that, that, you know, is in this whole topic and arena of worship, bringing honor and glory to God's name, revering him, reverence and awe. And we talked about how we are, we're actually created to worship him. We're created to worship something. So we'll either worship him or we'll worship something that he's made or something that what he's made has made. <laughs> and uh, we're really good at, uh, as, uh, I can't remember who it was. Was it uh, Calvin or Augustine? Or, I don't know. Somebody referred to our hearts as idol making factories. Um, that, that fallen nature in us like leads us to this place where we're real good at creating other things to worship. Um, talked about the, the focus acrostic, um, fix your eyes, open your heart, connect your spirit, usher in his presence and start the flow. And I thought we landed on a really powerful point um, just on that starting the flow, the, the rivers of living water um, coming through us. And, and we talked about how God's already uh, plumbed the house, like we're, we're hooked. We just have to hook up to the main and let the water flow. And, and we'll, ah. we'll, we'll get water into desolate dry places and how God wants us to not keep it to ourselves, but to be ministers um, to uh, those around us and how important it is for us to come to him, connect with him. Um, and then he's going to do not just a good work in you, but he will do a good work through you. But, and then I think going back to what we've already talked about with all you who are tired and weary and heavy laden, you come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So it's like he, he calls us to himself in him is rest, but also in him is the work that we're supposed to be doing. And this whole concept of working from rest, not for rest is, uh, pretty powerful. Uh, obviously on any of these points, we could go on and on and on and, and have great conversations. But today we want to now step into step number three, and that is meditate. And um, so why don't you lay out, uh, we, we, have, we have four basic ideas we were going to talk about today in regards to meditate. Maybe lay those out and maybe start talking about the first one and we'll just see where it goes from there. Well, I think, thank you, Rick. Just good to be together always. Uh, and, and to all the who are listening, uh, our heart and passion is that you just uh, flourish in the Lord, that, that God does something amazing in your life. We were talking at the end of last session, and just Rick and I afterwards, I got a little emotional after the last session. We were chatting and so much God has put in each one of us that he wants to release out from us. <clears throat> and yet, <clears throat> excuse me, and yet 
so much of that gets buried, suppressed. So much of that gets uh, 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 in the sense of uh, uh, worry and fear and anxiety can come in and make it such a struggle. And our focus can become so inward when really God wants to, like Rick was talking about, wants to flow through us like a river, accomplish amazing things. I just see amazing things in your life that God wants to do. You should just uh, just say it to yourself. God has amazing things for me. He has amazing relationship I can have with him. He has things he wants me to do, accomplish. He has, he's just my God and I, I want to know him and I want to walk with him. <clears throat> However, in the midst of all of it, we're born into what I like to call, and I don't know if I like to call it, but I, I must call it this, it's a cosmic conflict. We're born into a battle zone. You know, Jesus was born into a battle. They had to, they had to rescue him from where he was. They had to move him. And, and because there was a battle, because there's an enemy of our soul, there's a, there's a conflict going on in the atmosphere, even that we can't see a unseen world, a spiritual atmosphere. And, and that's so bears out in scripture that that we're in the battle the battles going on and all the disciples were born into the battle and all the patriarchs were born into the battle and 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 jesus was was brought forth to bring us new life and we have new life in him and and uh, yet we're still in the battle have you noticed <laughs> we're still uh, uh battling it and i wanted to say that the battle is over your mind, not your brain, not what ultimately ends up thinking the thoughts, but the, 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 the battle is over your heart, where your mind, will, and emotions are, where, you're, uh, where you think, where you feel, and where you decide. And in, in Matthew 13, it talks about our heart like a garden and and we mentioned that in 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 one of the the these uh, podcasts that 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 ground can either be hard, it can be stony, it can be thorny, or it can be uh, with thorns there, or it can be uh, uh, fertile soil. And the and and the seed in that story that's trying to be planted is into the ground, and the seed is the word of God, the truth of God's word. And it's really, really critical when we're talking about God's word. God's word is true. God's word is right. God's word is, is, is infallible. Yet, yeah, it's what it's planted on that's so critical. And that's us. That's our heart. That's what that passage of scripture was describing was the condition of the heart. And when the seed was on the hard soil, it was quickly picked up by the birds. When it was in the, thor uh, the rocky soil, uh, when the sun and the pressures came out, the, the plant was quickly scorched. And when it was in the thorny soil or the thistles, that plant was choked off. And it describes the conditions of these hearts. And this isn't to go into each one of those. But then there was a condition of the heart that was good ground. And there were seeds planted there that yielded 30, 60, 100 fold. And there is a competition 
over our heart, our mind, will, and emotions. That's why in the morning, it's so critical we surrender because we end up now in a place where we're receiving God's love and his flow has started as Rick was sharing. This dynamic is happening and it's preparing. Think about this in sequence. You've surrendered. That's the hardest thing. You got that over with. That's amazing because there's such warfare over surrendering. Have you noticed your heart has a competition with that concept? One's going, yeah, I want to do that. The other's going, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. That sounds like an opportunity. No, it's, it, no you don't know what's going to happen. And, and then depending on what personality you are, you just take it whatever direction you want. Some surrender and some don't. So once you surrender, then your heart is, is, is in that place of receiving his love. And that ground that's in us is being prepared for the word of God. Now think of step two, and don't think of them as this religious duty, but think of step two. As you've worshiped the Lord, you've adored him, you've, you've, you've lifted up his name, you've given him thanks and praise, even further preparing the ground for the word of God. You haven't even got to open the word up yet, but you're, but you're totally focused. Now you can't dance a little bit, not be focused. You wouldn't do that unless you were focused. You wouldn't lift your hands up in worship unless you were focused. You wouldn't be making a melody in your heart to the Lord unless you were focused. Because, because that all comes through that moment of intimacy with him. And I'm thinking about the preparation of the soil, of how God is preparing that ground in the midst. Think about it. If you look at culture, if you look out from us, you don't have to go very far. And there's pressures everywhere. And yet the sanctuary of your heart is that place of intimacy with God. We're not finding value. We're not finding peace out of our circumstances. If we are, we'll just be like a yo-yo. One minute we'll be down, one minute we'll be up, one minute we'll be down. And then the cumulative effect of all that will just lead us into despair. Because our value and, and our hope and our security doesn't come from outside of us. It comes from inside of us. It comes from his presence and this flow. So we're in this battle. And so it's over our heart. The enemy, now we have three enemies in this battle. We know them well. Flesh, the five words for warfare all related around the flesh in the New Testament because there's a warfare over our heart. And, and the flesh is our primary enemy. The old fallen nature, you can read in Galatians 5 or Hebrews or Romans chapter 8, that, that this, is a, this is a tension <laughs> that's going on inside of us. And, and you know when a, a, a carnal thought, we, we could describe them in so many different ways. They're trying to draw our heart over to the flesh. And we know when the Spirit of God is moving our heart towards God and towards the things of the Spirit. I wanted to say in this moment, in these moments, that transformation of our heart is not an effort of our own. It's a byproduct of spending time with the Lord. So if you think you're going to fix yourself in all this, you're not going to do it. 
if you think you can even prepare your soil. In Philippians 2, 13, it says, he not only gives the desire to us, but he gives the power to please him. <laughs> even our own desires, delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, that's going to come out of the word of God. That's going to come out of spending time with him. That's going to come out of this heart that's been made ready to receive the seed from his word. We're going to talk about the seed of God's word planting in our heart. It's so important <clears throat> that we get the word of God inside of us because the flesh is warring against us and it too is inside of us. <laughs> so we got this little conflict going on inside our little inner world here that, that, that we have to win the battle. Now remember, we've got this, this battle that's waging. Uh, Adam and Eve were born into it. Obviously, the serpent came and started to dialogue with her. Now we have an ex we have our internal enemy, the flesh, but we've got a couple external enemies too. One we can see and one we can't see. We've got the world system. It's just, it's, it's just schemes in the world. It's just, I mean, we have a fallen nature. So you know what the world system does? It just satisfies the flesh and it just creates this thing. <laughs> I, you can't even go into all the details where the flesh is influencing the world system. I mean, you just pick an institution, government, pick an institution, educate, you just pick one. And, and you'll realize there's an enemy out there because the core enemy lives in people and those that aren't redeemed by the Lord are gonna have the flesh in full control, which then are gonna help to create the world system, which is all dominated by the prince of the power of the air. So we're born into this, I'm just going to say it, tension. We're born into tension. And we're born into this pressure cooker. We're born into this thing. And this is why the morning is so critical that we connect up with our source. God Almighty, the creator of the universe, Jehovah Jireh, our, our provider, that we, that we link up in, we connect up with him so that he can prepare our hearts to receive the word, the seed of God, the seed planted. One scripture. I remember Brother Dick said he defeated the enemy with five scriptures his entire life. I'm thinking of those like David, five smooth stones. Think of putting in your pouch a scripture because the enemy roar, roams around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour You've got to be ready, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, go to battle. <laughs> so think of the pouch like your heart. You've got to tuck these words. David said, uh, 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 I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm thinking of how powerful this warfare is over our heart. And God wants to do something extraordinary with us. And it's the word of God that is going to be our strength in the midst of battle. Rick. Yeah, I think that as we're, you know, digging into this whole um, concept of meditation, obviously, first and foremost, probably good to just give a definition of what the word means. And 
um, one of one of the definitions, so probably one of the most beneficial ones, at least for me, um, is that it comes from the same word that we get ruminate uh, or to like chew the cud. And so yeah. I always uh, think about, you know, like cows, I think cows have like four stomachs. And so they they eat, they digest, and then they burp it all up and they chew it some more. And what what's interesting is that their body is pulling out different levels of nutrients every step of the way. And so it's not just a process uh, to be gross for grossness sake, uh, but apparently God wanted to give us a natural, uh, naturally occurring uh, phenomenon for us to learn the lesson of what he's doing in the spiritual is that we take, we take scripture and we, we digest it, but then we bring it back to our mind again and we digest it again. And each time the Holy Spirit is working to kind of massage deeper levels of truth into our heart so that we're, we're, we're processing it on a, on a deeper level. And, um, and uh, I, I was listening to, um, uh, neuro, it was like a neuroscience kind of person. And they were like, you know, we're the only, we're the only creature on, on the planet that has the ability to think about what we're thinking about. Um, like animals are just left to be basically uh, slaves of instinct, if you will, like whatever, whatever the, you know, fight or flight and that kind of thing where they're just responding to the stimuli around them. Um, and not really given the opportunity to think twice about it. And, and yet we as humans, God has given us the ability to think about the things that we are thinking about and kind of evaluate how are we going to respond? What are we going to do in that situation? And so recognizing that dynamic and then what you just talked about with the, the mind being the battlefield where um, all is won or lost in in this place of the battlefield of the mind. Um, I I like when we were talking before we launched into the episode about thinking and then rethinking, um, and how you were talking about uh, we read we read for one purpose, and then we meditate for another purpose. Why don't you jump in there and walk me through what 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 are you thinking there? Well, I, I wrote in the book that we read uh, for information, but we meditate for transformation, that mm -hmm. the God's design is to bring about transformation by the renewing of our mind. And that's going to come through the word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. And I wanted to, to jump on that idea <clears throat> of chewing the cud or think and rethink, because in Psalms 1, <clears throat> excuse me, in Psalms 1, 1 through 3, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Now think about that as that person trying to influence and affect that other person's heart. They're trying to take control. There's, a, there's something that's occurring there that's going to tie into this meditate, think and rethink or stand around sinners because there's conversations or join in with mockers, those that are mocking something. But these people, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now here's the, <clears throat> what a contrast. 
about a compet, and I just want to contrast the competition over the heart. We have wicked, and we have sinners, and we have mockers, and that's competing for that person's heart. So even standing around them and even listening, I noticed that Eve listened to Satan and got into a dialogue where Jesus, when he was tempted, he didn't get in a dialogue. He just said, it is written. Because he had the word of God in him that he had that came forth in the midst of that conflict or that challenge for that part of the heart. So we've got to look at what we think about what you're saying is so critical. What we ponder, what we think and rethink about. And, and, and it's such a challenge. How many, I want to say out there, find a challenge because in reality, science shows that we think between 40 and 60,000 thoughts a day. And the Bible tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That could get exhausting without God's help. And if we don't have a filter by which those 40 to 60,000 thoughts, if we don't have a grid work to discern what is coming into our mind and into our heart, then we're just liable to accept any old thing. <laughs> and so we've got to build a, a structure within our heart that's God's word. Like David said, I've hid thy word in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. So, but they delight, it says in verse two, in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day at night. I just want to leave this with you. Think and rethink. Think and rethink about the word. Not just, now we're going to digest it in the morning. We're going to take it in. We're going to either have a devotional, this is practical, where it has scriptures and thoughts and things you can uh, think about. The word in a devotional, it's a scripture and then it's somebody's thoughts on that scripture. They thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and wanted to share a little something with you about what they were thinking about. But think about how much they had to think about that scripture before they could write that devotional. I can't imagine in this devotional of 365 days how much this person thought and rethought about the scriptures. To me, this is dynamic. That's why devotionals are not a bad thing to start with, because they lay out a, a, a bread for you. They lay out the word of God to you, and it could be a wonderful way to go through a year. Now, you also have the word of God just clearly from the Bible. You could pick a book of the Bible. You could pick Psalms or Proverbs. But what the key is, is that you're not just reading to be informed at that moment. I was reading last night to do a class on Joseph's life. Started in 37, 38, I realized I wasn't gonna get through the whole thing and be able to ponder it. To, to, so I just, I just realized, wow, I was getting so much out of every single step of Joseph's life. I was so intrigued by how he handled being in prison and how he handled being framed by, by Potiphar's wife. I was so impacted by that. I found myself forgetting about the fact I was going to teach it, and I just was pondering it. Well, because I was so interested in it, you can tell it's still on my mind today. I'm thinking about it, 
and rethinking about it, thinking, man, he really did do it amazing. And I think, and then I was looking back, what was he? He was the captain, the warden. He gave him the over jurisdiction over all the prisoners. Like, wow, if you just have a right mind. And the, oh, and, and Potiphar noticed that the spirit of God was on him. I'm thinking, wow, this, this is like, this is like powerful stuff. I didn't even know where it was going. I didn't know what it was going to be used for. I didn't know where it would go. But somehow in those moments of reading, the light of God's spirit began to illuminate those ideas. That's what God does in the morning to his word. That's why we need to ask the Holy Spirit. In, 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 in Ephesians 1, it says that he will illuminate things to us. In Paul's prayer, his first apostolic prayer, God wants to reveal himself to us through his word. This is a love letter. It has principles in it. Everything you're going to need for every situation is going to be in his word to you. And we're going to need the word of God to do war with like Jesus did. And so that's why I love this idea of meditate, think and rethink. I'm still pondering a thought. And it was tent to me this morning in Good Morning Fellowship or Sunrise Fellowship, S-O-N-R-I-S-E Fellowship, our connecting. A guy sent me Galatians 2.20. I still remember memorizing Galatians 2.20 in dental school over 45 years ago. I remember the room I was in with the card I had. And it's the model of Paul. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And if Brother Dick's right, we just need a pouch full of scriptures to win all the battles against the enemy. We, we, we should be putting this to memory and putting, I've got whole thoughts on this whole thing of memory and putting these to memory. But we should be tucking these things away in our heart, hiding them away, meditate, rethinking. I don't mean just a little uh, here and a little there. This is predominant in this scripture. Now, we've got to read the results of meditating on God day and night. They are like trees planted along a riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Well, we've got wicked people, sinners, and mockers, and we have God's word. <laughs> And he is showing a contrast there to tuck this, his word in our heart, to hide it in there. And you know what it does when it hides in there? It seeks. It filters. Do you know that people that work with money, they don't show people a whole bunch of counterfeit bills. You know what they do? They make them work with real money. They, they diagram it, they show them, they, they tell them what it feels like, they let them touch it, they crinkle it, they do everything with it. They don't bring a bunch of counterfeit bills in and say, this is what you're looking for. They only show them what's true. And then the minute a counterfeit bill comes in there, they go, that isn't real money. 
and it just becomes obvious it's fake. And so this is what we want to do. We want to get the word of God in us so deep, working stories, pondering stories, pondering principles. And you know what we're pondering, actually? What the Holy Spirit is showing us. <laughs> And it's wonder why we want to talk about it to somebody else and they don't get it. They're not quite there. You're going, whoa, did you see that? No, I wasn't, I wasn't there. But you know what? That's going to come forth later. We may talk about some of those thoughts. But God wants to, he wants to seed our heart with his word on good soil. Amen. And don't be afraid when that filters and he starts uprooting a few things because Jeremiah said he had to uproot and he had to tear down and he had to plant and build. So just accept it. You're in a transformational process. We'll just let the word of God go to work on us in the morning and it'll do what, what we can't do. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So we talked about this whole process of meditating. It's because the battle is in the mind. So that's where the battle is taking place. That's the place where we think, where we feel, where we decide. It's obviously kind of the center, the core of who we are and how it's expressed in our lives. And so uh, taking scripture and, and recognizing that it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and it cuts down and divides between uh, our heart and motive and intention and, and it, so it's like stuff you can't even see uh, yourself so it helps you to be able to uh, delineate that stuff and we talked about it being the the process of thinking rethinking that we read for information and we meditate for transformation it's just kind of pushing it down deep into our heart so it goes from our brain from just our thinking down deep into our heart into the core processing center of our lives um, and then and then you were you referred to Romans 12 that we would be uh, renewed uh, transformed by the renewing of our mind and that that happens through really this meditation and memorization process uh, I always say memorization is merely a way for you to be able to meditate without having anything in your hands, you know? <laughs> so Beautiful. just Beautiful. Helps, you, helps you to be able to meditate anytime, anywhere that you want, never mind the fact that then you're always just forever uh, uh, armed with that resource to fight against the enemy, which brings me to the last point is that um, when in, in Ephesians 6, when he goes through the, the armor of God, we're really only listed one offensive weapon, um, and that would be the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so there's so many scriptures that come into play as we talk about this, you know, how will the young man keep his way pure by, by taking heed according to your word, and your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee, and um, your word is a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path, and so just on and on and on and on and on, we see that the, the word of God is such a core part of what we need to have in us, but it's not just reading it every day and, and being, though obviously that is a huge part of it, but it is to uh, really dig down deep and process it and mull it over, like <laughs> chew it up, swallow it, chew it again. And 
um, and get it to be a part of the fabric of who you are. So, and that's, I think, uh, the best way I can describe the transformation that happens is that it becomes second nature where you're not even thinking to yourself, I'm thinking of a scripture that addresses this situation. It's that when you encounter the situation, you automatically have a scriptural thought in your mind because you've been so transformed that that is your gut reaction. Like to me, that is the sign of real transformation when our gut reaction is a God reaction. And um, so that's when the word of God truly becomes a weapon in our hands is when our muscle memory is trained. It's like Tiger Woods with a golf club in his hands. He, he knows, he doesn't have to think about what he's doing with it. He just knows how to hit the ball further than almost anyone else can hit the ball. And, and that we would be the same, the same way when we pick up the word of God, that we don't even have to hardly think about it. It's just second nature to us that we apply the word of God uh, in a life-giving and, uh, you know, devil-destroying and, uh, you know, kind of way. And so uh, I just, I love this whole topic because I just think there's so much life to be discovered here. And to me, if you can, if you can like take small steps into this realm of meditation and allowing the word of God to just become part of who you are, um, it, it's kind of like, uh, it's a terrible example, but I'm going to use it anyways. Uh, Doritos, okay, like Doritos are um, strangely addicting, but I I don't ever sit at home and think, man, what I need right now is a big bag of Doritos. That thought never really crosses my mind, but if somebody brings home a bag of Doritos and they give me one chip and I eat that chip and I, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good, you know, I, I taste that one chip and I'm like, oh man, those are good. I need more. Uh, that that's kind of I, I told you it was a terrible example because Doritos are not <laughs> Doritos are not good for you, but the Word of God is incredibly good for you. But sometimes we we don't just sit there and think, uh, oh man, I'm I'm hungry for the Word of God. But if we if we discipline ourselves to get there, it's kind of one of those reoccurring themes that we're talking about. You just have to get there and put yourself in the place and begin to taste and see that the Lord is good, taste and see that his word is good. And, um, and then that's what begins to stir the hunger in your heart. It becomes even a self-perpetuating thing in your spirit as you begin to pick up that spiritual momentum to, to dig into the word of God and to discover what it has for you. And um, man, me personally, I've, I've seen the word of God have just such incredible transformative impact in my life but uh specifically a friend of mine um was uh you know through throughout his life he'd kind of fallen into some pretty significant patterns of sin in his life and then had just uh had walked into some really great arenas of victory in those areas and then kind of over time he kind of felt like his victory was getting eroded um, and so he decided he was going to start memorizing scripture as a way to kind of get his mind right. And um, and the the transformation that has begun to happen in his life um, has been nothing short of just incredible. 
Um, like he went, he went to the word of God to get help in the way he was thinking about one particular topic in his life. And then he began to find that his, his attitudes were being adjusted, that his, the way he handled his money was being adjusted, the way he treated his wife was being adjusted. Although all of the sudden, it's like every area of my life is being addressed by the word of God. And, and so there's the, the treasure trove, you know, of what the word of God is for us. And uh, it's just so good. I'm so passionate for people to begin to understand the depth of the treasure of the word of God and that it's just sitting there waiting for you to, to, to dive in and to engage. And um, even thinking about the webinar that's been going on uh, from the church with, uh, with Lanny Hubbard. And we actually have some episodes on the podcast of how to study the Bible. And so there's a bunch of tools available for people to learn how to handle the word of God, you know, like training on how to handle that sword, you know? And so, um, such a critical step in developing intimacy with God. And, and that's a, a big piece of it there too, is recognizing that it's not just about the word of God, but that the word of God leads us to someone. So it's not just, knowing the word of God to be really smart about the Bible, but that the Bible is pointing us to the word, like Jesus, the word made flesh. Like it's pointing us to a person, not just to a principle. Awesome. So, all right, you got one more, one more shot, one parting, parting <clears throat> comment to leave, to leave the audience with today. Uh, what do you got to give them? Well, I was thinking about this, uh, this thought of the word being seed and it being planted in your heart. I was thinking about your friend. You know, when seed goes in the ground, we don't often see what's happening to it, but it's, it's, it's beginning to germinate and it's beginning to send roots down and begin to send up uh, the sprouts. And, and then it says it yields 30, 60, 100 fold. And we were talking about the warfare and how the the Bible is the belt of truth. So all pieces of armor on that full armor of God are all related and, and connect to in some way the belt. And yet, and that that's the logos, that's the written word. And yet the rhema, the quickened word of God, <clears throat> excuse me, the quickened word of God is the sword of the spirit when we use it. And so obviously uh, God wants us to be skilled in using the word to defeat the enemy. But we first have to get the word planted. And then we have to get it planted on good soil. We can't do any of those things, make the, all that happen. We can choose to, to do them. I mean, in terms of our heart, we can just open up our heart in the morning to the Lord. We can surrender our will to his will. We can celebrate his goodness. And then we can open up his word and let it speak to us and begin to be illuminated to us. And I, I want to encourage people, don't feel like you have to start big. If you haven't been really doing this, start with a scripture or two. Start with a proverb. Start with a psalm. Start with a book of the Bible. Start with what's doable for you in this moment. Start with a, like we said, start with a devotional that has uh, uh, scriptures for every day. Let, but one, let the word of God rich, uh, dwell richly in you. But two, 
just do something every day. And then whatever that is that you do do, think about it and rethink about it all day long and let it work deep. Like Rick said, let it go down and, and God's going to do something amazing with it. And you won't know when it pops out, like when you're in the wilderness and being tempted, you won't know where it is. The other day, just the last thought, I was in McDonald's and someone got super irritated the way I was in the line and they were screaming at me. And I heard the word of God say, a soft answer turns away wrath. Don't roll the window down. You don't want to hear it. And so I just smiled at the person, waved at him and just went on. No reaction, no but honestly, if I hadn't heard a soft answer turns away wrath, I don't know in that situation if that would have been my response. So he governs us through his word that's deep inside. It's such a blessing. And bless you. That's it. That's a parting comment. Uh, I think it was like three, but it's cool. They were, they, were, <laughs> they were all good. So I'm, I'm not even going to hold that against you. I'll just consider it like I got the bonus fry in the, in the bottom of the bag, you know? So it's like you, you ordered fries and then there's the bonus fry. So um, it's so good. Um, oh, this is a really, so this is a, a really good session together as we just talk about the value of meditating on scripture. And so hopefully you're going along with us on this journey. 40-day uh, worship challenge, just spending time alone with God each day, pursuing relationship with Him uh, through the first three steps that we've kind of talked about, surrender, celebration, and meditation, and just how how important. And again, not trying to break it down to be like, do this, do this, do this, check the box, check the box, check the box, but um, just uh, new avenues and ways. It's like offering someone multiple ways to communicate with someone that they want to build a good relationship with. You can write them letters, you can send them emails, you can, you can write them letters of how much you love and appreciate them. You can send them letters asking them for their help with something. You can, uh, you can FaceTime, you can, you know, like there's so many aspects to this relationship with God um, and it really is what you're created for. And so when you begin to step into it from a relational uh, mindset and not from a task-oriented duty kind of mindset, uh, you really will step into a new level of freedom and a new level of fulfillment than, than maybe a, a greater than anything you might have even ever imagined. And that's where, you know, the Ephesians 3.20 kind of comes into play is that he does exceedingly abundantly above anything that we would ask or think. And, and I think it's in that when, you know, the verses before that, when you're, when you're planted, when you're rooted into his love, that's when you experience that exceedingly abundantly above kind of place. And so awesome. Again, uh, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, it's been a real blessing, like I said, for me, uh, just to be able to spend time with you and you just continue to encourage me and strengthen me in my walk with God. And uh, our hope is that we're doing that for you, the listener. And so we just say, God bless you and have the most amazing day and just keep on keeping on. All right, there you have it. Another great time spent with my friend Mark Jones as we're talking about the whole concept of meditate as we just continue down this journey of uh, from his book Unscripted and just helping people discover one step at a time, seven principles for developing intimacy with God. Uh, really, as, as we talk all the time, that that is the foundation of effective ministry in the church. 
here at the Growing Faith Podcast. You know, our, our focus, our intent is to bring strength to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We want to uh, equip the uh, average Joe in the in the church pews to be able to, to do the work that God has called them to do. And we recognize that we can't do any work for God unless we first spend time with God. We need to know him in order to be like him, in order to represent him. And that's where this all is. And we are going to... Uh, wrap this up today. If this uh, podcast has been beneficial to you, I ask that you just go in and to the Apple podcast or the Google podcast or, or on Pandora and rate us and share and like and comment on on the podcast. It'd be great. It helps get the word out to more people. And if you can think of one or two friends that you think would benefit, go ahead and share this episode with them. If you'd like to reach out to me, uh, again, you can reach out to me at growingfaithpodcast at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about future topics for episodes in the future. Uh, With that, I just say a big, huge God bless you and have the most amazing day.